The next topic is about boys. It says, honestly, any boy advice? Um, how to get a guy's attention? How do you know that they like you? And me and Joala read that and died. <laughs> I don't know why anyone thinks we have the credibility to talk about boys. <laughs> Who let you? Who told you? <laughs> Hey guys! Hey guys, what's up? So, welcome to our seventh episode. First off, we want to thank Matt and Kaushik on our last episode where we talked about gender roles. It was a really fun conversation, and we were so happy you guys came on the podcast. Yeah, thank you both for coming on. It was really nice to hear your guys' backgrounds and hear that male perspective on gender roles. So thank you both. This episode is going to be like a little Q&A style thing. So we just have a list of questions that you guys asked us from the past week. So we're just going to go through and answer them. So the first one is to tell us more about ourselves. So maybe we can say what our favorite music style is, because I feel like music says a lot about a person. So what's yours? Aside from the mainstream hip hop and rap, I listen to jazz, country, and R&B. Some of my favorite artists are Janae Aiko and Amy Winehouse. And my all-time, all-time favorite artist ever is J. Cole. Okay, so... For me, it's kind of the same thing. I listen to a lot of different types of music. Um, Hip hop and rap, very like much like most people. Um, I listen to like Bollywood music and I guess you would say Punjabi music because sometimes the songs are really similar. Um, I listen to, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is for this genre, but like I think it's dance hall. But if any of you know the song like Gal You a Party Animal and like stuff like that, Whatever that type of music is, I enjoy listening to it. So that, um, and then I also, like, when I'm bored, I listen to Gerber Ross music because I think it's really fun to listen to. But yeah, I'm very anti-country. I do not like country music, so. It's okay. It's a very elite music. It's not, I just, I just can't get into it. I feel like it's all about beers and trucks. and. It's really about their lifestyle. And if you don't come from a place that's even close to their kind of life or anything that's remotely would look like the countryside, you likely would not appreciate their music. Mm. What books do you guys recommend to us? So for me, I've had to take a break from reading because college is a little stressful, but I think that happens to a lot of people. It's really hard to continue reading throughout your four years of college and they sometimes take a pause in college and then continue afterwards. So for me, my favorite books are Any Murder Mystery by Mary Higgins Clark. Specifically, the two is Where Are the Children and All Around the Town. They're very like crazy murder mystery novels. So you can finish the whole thing in one night. You won't be able to put the books down. So those are my two favorites. I've never heard of her. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't. I know her because um, someone that was tutoring me like in middle school to further my, langu- my language development 
um, quicker. She gave me that book and was like, sit there, read this and like analyze everything. And I was like, dang, this is actually really good. So I kept reading them. That's cool. For me, my favorite books are The Great Gatsby and Paper Towns. And I think anything by F. Scott Fitzgerald, John Steinbeck, or John Green is just for me. I absolutely love those authors. And what I'm currently reading right now is East of Eden, which has been pretty good so far. So I would recommend that. And if you're a little bit older, maybe not in high school, but college, you should definitely read Lolita. So the next set of questions that we're going to answer are all college related. And the first one up, should I stay on campus for all four years? I personally think there's no definitive answer to that question because in some schools, everyone stays on campus for all four years and other times people move off after their first year. It's really relative as to like where the social scene is because I know for Purdue, like our social scene is off campus. So people tend to move off either it's their first year or their after their first year or after their second year. I have seen like after their third year, but I've never seen someone do like all four years on campus. Um, I think definitely for your first year, stay on campus because it's an easy way to make friends. You're living with a lot of different people. You can get a feel of the land and you have a safety net if things were to go wrong. Um, When I know for Purdue, if you sign a lease off campus, you're treated like an adult. Everything is like very adult responsibilities. And so you just need to be like prepared for that if you were to go off campus. Yeah, most people stay in the dorm their freshman year. And some people stay sophomore year, like me, I'm planning on doing that. And then people move to apartments, either their sophomore or junior year, typically. And it's okay if you want to stay in the dorms longer. It is nice because they're very accommodative. They have, you you know, everything's close by, all the classes and having a meal plan is really convenient. So do what's right for you, whatever you're comfortable with. I know the reason people like to move their sophomore or junior year to apartments is because they've already made their close friends that they like to live with. Yeah, that kind of happened with me. I found like a really group of girls, a really good group of girls that I wanted to live with. So that was kind of settled. And throughout like the time that I was in the dorms this year, I kind of gravitated more towards the apartments every single day because whether it was like the communal bathroom or like having to eat based on the dining courts, like availability and stuff it was just easier like if I had my own apartment and everything was just based on what I wanted to so like that's why I would prefer the apartments but it's like Joala said based on what you find is best for you like there's nothing wrong with having either choice um the next question is how was high school drinking culture different from college drinking culture I'm nervous about my transition and want to know how to be prepared I think the biggest difference that I noticed in college drinking culture is definitely that more people take part in it. It's so much bigger. Um, Frats and organizations magnify the drinking culture. And I think to be prepared, you should always go with a trusted friend, at least one, and a group is better. So if you can do that, that'd be, you know, the safest for you. And always keep your room key secure on you and keep anything, any of your personal belongings either in a card holder on your phone, so securely attached, or close to your body, either tied on your belt, your room key tied on your belt, or onto a hair tie on your wrist. I know a lot of girls do that. That's what I do too. And I remember when I first got to campus, one of the first things I bought was pepper spray, and so did a lot of other girls I knew. Because 
At the end of the day, no matter how careful or respectful you are to others, you can never predict someone else's behavior. So it's always good to be secure. Yeah, and kind of going along things to bring, I recommend having like frat party shoes and stuff because you don't want to wear your nicest shoes to a party and then have them ruined. My Air Forces are so dirty because (laughs) of this. I have like, so I have two sneakers. I have my Adidas Superstars that are white and then my black Converse. And so it depends on like, I have options to what shoes to wear based on what my outfit matches. So like I've kept two. I know most girls just have like one or two, but it's just nicer. Cause then like, you're not walking around campus in these shoes that like have dirt all over them and like completely ruined. But yeah, um, I definitely think that. And also like, don't have a lot of things you need to hold. Like if you can wear jeans or shorts, wear jeans and shorts because you can put your phone in your pocket. You can have your, let's say your keys on your belt loop or on your wrist um, and maybe limit yourself to a jacket. The less you have to hold, the less you have to worry about because especially when you're at a frat party, you walk in, you put your coat, God knows where, you put your purse, God knows where, and like you don't know what you can find at the end of the night. So it's better to have as much as you can have, as much as you can keep on your body. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And in relation to high school parties and college parties. So at my high school, it was all about getting drunk while standing around watching people get into mosh pits to the songs Mo Bama and Sickle Mode. (laughs) The number of times I heard Mo Bamba at parties my senior year is just absolutely insane. How did I not hate that song by the end of my senior year? (laughs) No, that song was everywhere i have so many videos of me just singing to it at a party for my senior year oh god but yeah so that's what the party consisted of and then after the cops were called we'd be running away from the cops and then getting food from the diner and then going back home to sleep and that's like what a high school party was at least in my experience and for college parties there's so many different kinds of uh, different kinds of college parties so there's like the frat party where it's like some people pregame. If not, you just go to the frat, you're dancing in like a basement or like a backyard or whatever. And then like you get like fast food afterwards and then you just kind of go home. There's like the, I know for me and Jala, like being on dance teams, there's like the comp season yeah, after parties. Dance team bondings or no matter what team you're on, your organization will have some sort of party or bonding. Yeah there's that and then there's like the bondings where you're just chilling at someone's apartment and then there's also like after parties so it's like you're going after your competition on like a Saturday night and you're going to a random like club typically sometimes they turn bars into clubs but you'll go into like the club and you'll just be dancing so it's like in all of those the dynamics of every single party is like very different so you can't necessarily say like this is what a college party is like because it depends on what kind of social setting you're in but one thing that I think anyone that's like nervous about going into college and going into college parties should remember is that every other freshman is in the same position as you. Like, even for me, I had gone to college parties before I came into college, but I had people that were older than me that were with me. So I felt safe. But this time I was kind of like on my own people. I didn't know that well, even if they were my friends, like at the time, like I was nervous too. Every single person is nervous going into their first party. So just remember that and it'll, you'll have more fun. You're just going to like let yourself go and have fun. 
I think the best thing to remember is to say no to something that's past your limits because this can apply to jeweling, drugs, alcohol, you name it, anything you have the right to say no and stop whatever is happening from happening because you have the right to your own body. And if someone is forcing them, forcing themselves to like chuck a cup down your throat, like push them, push their hand push away. Them. Who cares? Literally do that. I, somebody tried to force um, a lot of freshmen to drink. I remember at one of the first parties, yeah. literally just tell them no and shove their hand away. You know, they're going to be more doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a new student. You still, you have your limits. You're your own person and you have exactly. the right. To know. No one like people are going to be more intimidated by a freshman that's saying no. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, damn. Like they really don't want to drink and they'll back off. And it's like the same thing applies to partying in general. You do not have to party. There are so you don't people- even have to go to parties. Yeah. Like, I know people that go, have been going to parties since they're now, like, seniors. They've been going to parties since their freshman year, and they've never had a sip of alcohol. I know seniors that have never gone to parties. Like, it's very much in relation to, like, what you want out of your college experience. If it's something you want to experience, go for it. Go to a college party. But make sure you're safe. Make sure you have friends that are with you. Make sure you know your limits because you're not going to have fun if something goes wrong, you know? And then you sit there and think back as to, like, what could have happened. Okay, the next question is, how did you deal with the more difficult days in college, possibly being homesick too? For me, whenever I had downtime, I would FaceTime whoever I was missing, whether it was my family member or a close friend of mine, and that really helped me. I would do that most weekends. I would FaceTime them, or during the night before I slept, I would FaceTime them because it would calm me down, you know, It was a good end to my day and it would make me feel warmer. Yeah, for me, um, the thing is, is I, my schedules were sometimes a little bit opposite from my parents or from my sister or from people that were really close to me, whether it's like friends or family friends. So if I couldn't get a hold of them, I would just like look through pictures and funny videos and just like things that reminded me of them. So then I could feel like they're still there. And like, I kind of just like find that time to be by myself and just like enjoy, like enjoy them and enjoy all the things that they've given me and all the memories that they've given me. And remember that it's okay to feel sad. Like your emotions are valid. It's fine to miss people. There's nothing wrong with missing people back home. They've they've taught you to be the person that you are now and it's okay to feel distant from them and especially when like when it comes to the point where you make really good friends you can go to those friends and express how you feel really down today and they might be able to pick you up too it's really good to acknowledge that you are feeling a certain way so you'll know how to feel better from that yeah exactly like you mentioned before i i know you remember this i had a huge photo wall in my room And I just put a bunch of photos up of my family and my friends from back home. And then I eventually added more photos of my new friends from college. So that was nice to have in my room, you know, seeing my world collide and everybody I love and my wall. And it made made them feel like it made me feel like they were with me. It mostly was pictures of her dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them were pictures of my dog. But yeah, it was like I would look at it and I'd try to count who was in how many pictures most of them had her dog. 
<laughs> but yeah. So these questions are very specific to Purdue's college scene. So this one is, how do you get into the Brown Town at Purdue? Are there certain clubs you should join to meet other Indians? So I know there are people who have gotten into Brown Town by joining organizations or just by having friends that are in them, just by hanging out with a lot of different Indians. So there's there's no specific recipe as to how to get into Brown Town. It just kind of happens naturally. And even if you aren't in it, it's perfectly fine too. Sometimes things are meant to be, sometimes they're not. Um, are there certain clubs you should join to meet other Indians? Definitely to meet other Indians um, or South Asians, just to join those South Asian focused organizations. So for the performing arts teams, we have five main groups. And so to start off with, we have Boiler Bhangra, which does traditional Punjabi dancing. We have Ras, which does Garba Ras. There's Baz that does fusion dancing. We have Aharya that does classical Indian dancing. And then we have Thal that does a mix between Bollywood and Western songs. So Baz is a fusion team, which means that it kind of does a little bit of everything, which is really fun to watch because you can see how all the different dance styles take, you know, they kind of complete each other. And then Aharya is, um, I think it's mainly focused on Bharatnatyam. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that listens to this, but yeah, it's really fun to watch. They'll take classical music and they'll make it super, super fun. Their mixes and their formations blew my mind away Dude. at the Bali show. They were absolutely beautiful. The Bali show this year, they were the first performance and my mouth dropped. They were so good. I got chills in the, in Loeb. I literally yeah. got chills. They were so good. So yeah. incredibly good. And, and then just is a mix. Thal is just a little bit of everything, you know? They yeah, all they're so music. talented. They placed second at um, a UCLA Sahana competition, which is really awesome. They traveled for that. So that's a good group you guys can join if you're interested in singing. Yeah, that's another thing. I think every single one of these organizations are competitive. So they go across the country and, you know, you can meet more people in different colleges and make more friends. So that's really fun. Um, so that's like some of the organizations you can join. Some of the organizations that we have also at Purdue are ISA, AIF, and our fraternity Beta Chi Theta. So that's something else you can join um, if you still want to be a part of the South Indian culture and kind of enjoying everything that makes all of us amazing. So there's those and all of us are friends with people in different organizations like Jwala's on Bhangra and I'm on Ross. Um, we have friends that are in ISA, Beta Chi, we have friends that are in Thal and stuff. So, you know, like we all kind of talk to each other. So there's definitely a really easy way to make friends through you know, the South Asian organizations at Purdue. The next topic is about boys. It says, honestly, any boy advice? Um, how to get a guy's attention? How do you know that they like you? And me and Joala read that and died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why anyone thinks we have the credibility to talk about <laughs> boys. Who let you? <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a completely valid question to ask. Um, me and Jwala can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, but to whoever asked that, it's a completely valid question. Thank you guys for submitting your question. Here's the thing. Me and Jwala don't know specifically how you can help people because especially in relationships it's or getting into a relationship, it's relative to the situation, how you know them and like what the dynamics are between you two people. So 
Um, I think different. Honestly, it depends on the personality of the guy. Yeah. It depends on the personality of you, the girl. It depends on a lot of things. There's so many different ways to start dating someone. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different things. I do think that things happen in your life when you need them to happen. So a boy will come when a boy is needed in your life. And the best thing to do is just be yourself. And this doesn't only apply to relationships, but it can apply to friendships and everything too. You know, we are attracted to people that are just nonchalantly or just kind of doing their own thing, you know, without apologizing for who they are. And if you're yourself, maybe that means you'll meet someone that appreciates everything about you. So I guess that's the best advice that me and Joala can give on that one. I think that if it's too much of a struggle and you've been trying to find out if they like you for a long time, then just be direct. I don't think there's anything wrong with being direct. I think a lot of people nowadays try to avoid being direct because of the way social media has influenced us to, you know, sidestep a little bit. But there's nothing wrong with just asking the person, hey, do you like me? Yeah. And even if like how to get a guy's attention, you can be straight up and be like, hey, like I kind of see that there's something that could work between the two of us. And if he says no, he says no. That means he's not supposed to be in your life right now. Move on. Thank you, next girl. Move on. on. Exactly. Sometimes people are just not meant to be, and that's perfectly okay. You are still a baddie, and you don't need some guy not feeling the same about you to define who you are as a person. So you got to keep walking. Keep walking. Keep (laughs) stunting. And that's on (laughs) growth and period. So the next set of questions are about friends, friendships, all that good stuff. So the first question regarding that is, how do you guys deal with friends who have hurt you or said hurtful and rude things to you in the past? Well, if someone said mean things to you, why are you friends with them? That's, that's kind of my thing. Unless they've truly shown that they've become a better person, if someone is bringing negative energy into your life, cut them out. They don't need to be there. Like, You are an amazing individual. If you're a guy, you're a god. If you're a girl, you're a goddess. You are just amazing. And you don't need someone to be bringing you down like that. So we don't need none of that. If anyone's being mean to you, if anyone's, you know, critiquing who you are as a person and you love yourself, cut them out. We don't need them. They're canceled. Exactly. For me, like I mentioned before, my favorite artist is J. Cole. One of his lyrics is, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. So for me, I really resonated that with that when I heard it a few years ago. So that's my sort of mentality on it. I trust someone, and if they break that trust by saying hurtful and rude things, I like to believe in second chances, but when I do give a second chance, I know that if they fail me again, that's kind of on me for trusting them again. So I guess just be careful. Don't overshare with people right away. Know your boundaries. It's okay. I know it's social media. People are very open. Like I'll know things about people that they haven't shared with me just because they shared it on social media. People know things about me that I've never told them just because it's on my social media. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing. And in these types of cases, when it is a bad thing, when you overshare, and maybe someone said something hurtful, maybe to you in person or on the phone, I think you should take a step back. And I think instead of going to social media or talking to random friends, I know we talked about this on a previous episode about Finstas, you know, or subtweet. 
I think instead of talking about what happened that way, a good way to talk about it is to go to your family or close trusted friends to have that discussion and turn into a positive thing and turn into a growth factor. Yeah, I know for me, like I've gone past second chances. I've gone to like 15th chance till I realize something is wrong. And, you know, sometimes when you really, really want a friendship to work, you choose to go past all the things that they've done, all the bad things they've said to you because you continuously make excuses for them, you know? And it's okay to have not seen the issue when it first happened, but to continuously acknowledge that something is wrong and let yourself go through that repeatedly, that's, that's not healthy for you either, you know? Like, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt your self-respect before uh, before the, it gets too late. So I think the best thing to do is just, you know, as soon as you acknowledge something's wrong, have that discussion. I always think it's okay to give people chances because people do learn from their mistakes. But if they don't learn, don't stay. There's no point in staying with a friend if you know that they're just going to be mean to you. And if you're going to, you know, get rid of a friend, not get rid of a friend, but if you're going to, take a friend out of your life, acknowledge that sometimes you just don't get closure. And sometimes the best thing to do and the healthiest thing to do is just to move on. Because some people, after you stop talking to them, they don't want to talk to you anymore. They don't want to be around you anymore. So just kind of, you know, end it at that. Okay, our next question is, how do you feel about high school drama and what can be done to avoid it? Does it actually hold that much meaning later on into life, even if it seems so at the moment? I think um, people that found their peak in high school, they can't really let go of that. So sometimes they'll start drama, even when you're, you know, in college, even after college, they really can't let go of that clout that they had. And honestly, drama in college, in high school, even after both, you can avoid drama. There's always going to be people in life that like drama. And the best thing to do is just take the high road, you know, acknowledge the best things in your life and celebrate those and not really think about all the other things that are happening. Exactly. For me, I did it. I think everyone experiences high school drama, but I, not fortunate, well, kind of fortunately because I was able to learn from it, but unfortunate because it wasted so much of my time. (laughs) One of my old friends decided to start some high school drama a few months ago. And, you know, we're all shout out, shout out, shout out. (laughs) We, we all finished our freshman year of college and she decided to involve me in it and three other people from my high school in it. So I got to experience high school drama outside of high school. And looking back on that and being able to compare the two, I've definitely learned a lot and In high school, I think if something like that happened, I think the drama that happened, I wouldn't be able to end it, you know? I wouldn't be able to tell that person that what they did was wrong. But now that I'm out of high school, I was able to see that, you know, it's important to tell someone when they did something that hurt you. And so that's what I did. And to answer the second half of the question, no, it doesn't hold that much meaning. It really doesn't. It literally doesn't. I only talked to a few people from my high school. I have one best friend from my high school, and that's pretty much it. Nothing and nobody else matters. Yeah, I feel like 
most of the drama in high school is only because you guys are in high school. So it's like drama about like who did this and this. Like your own world, your own bubble. Things are gonna happen. You know, it's whatever. It's just, yeah. It's as just soon as you go to college, you realize how many dumb things you got mad about, and like how many things you were just. I know for me, like looking back, there were so many like leadership positions that like I didn't get or like whatever it was, and I would be like infuriated at the time. But now I'm kind of like, okay, I didn't get it. It's fine. I still lived a happy life. I still had amazing friends. And like now looking back, I'm able to take the higher road and like find the positive outcomes as to what happened because I didn't get those positions, you know? So in high school, I read this excerpt. I don't remember where it was from. It might have been from a book. It might have been from Reddit. But it was a piece of advice that said to ask yourself, will whatever you're mad about, Will this matter in five years? I've heard of this before. Right? Like, yeah. I think a lot will of people- it matter. Will it matter in five minutes? Will it matter in five hours? Will mm-hmm. it matter in five days, five months, five years, five decades? And it teaches you to see how much the things that you get so quickly mad about don't actually affect Don't you. actually matter. So use that. Use that five, five rule. Exactly. And our last question for the section is, I'm going to be a sophomore and I still don't have any close friends. Should I be worried? I think no, not at all. Yeah. I just think it's never too late to make friends ever at any point in your life. You all have friends with a homeless person, bro. You can find friends with anyone. I try to make friends with all types of people. It's okay. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it didn't. It didn't work out with the homeless person. (laughs) Because your brother yelled at you. I tried. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? (laughs) Wait, I know some people were asking me as to what the background is between you and the homeless person. Oh, people ask me. Okay. So I think this is Yashi's first time hearing the complete story. So you guys will get to hear her candid reaction. (laughs) So this is the story of me and my homeless ex-friend, unfortunately. Ex-friend. So... I would drive to my internship at Stanford my senior year, and I still have this internship. It's the same one, but I used to drive there when it wasn't remote, you know, like it is now, and I went to the bus stop because the bus stop would take me to the mall where I used to park at Stanford Mall, and then I could drive home from there, and while I was waiting for the bus to come, I sat on a bench, and there's a homeless lady, and I thought, you know, maybe she might be hungry. And so I asked her if she wanted food because McDonald's was super close by. So I just got her some McDonald's and I gave it to her. And then we had, I think we had a normal conversation the first time. And then I went home that day, but then I came back another time for my internship and I was at the bus stop again. And guess who was there? My friend. (laughs) And she was sitting there on the bench and I talked to her and she asked me, about where I was going to college next year, you know, as friends do share their stories. Oh my God. I told her I'm going to Purdue and she was like, girl, you should not go to Purdue because God told me that there are very bad things in store for you there. They're lying. She totally just psyched me out. She just psyched me out. She told me not to go to Purdue. She's like, something very, very bad is going to happen to you. And then that's when I realized the friendship was completely toxic and I had to <laughs> cut her off 
I never saw, actually, I saw her once again after, but I did not talk to her. See, oh guys, that's what you have to do. When you cut your friendship off, <laughs> you do not go back. You don't give them McDonald's no more. Exactly. Oh. She, I acknowledge that she didn't get the privilege of my friendship. <laughs> that's where it ended. I hope you enjoyed that story. <laughs> No, but yeah, you can make friendships with anyone. Basically, what the story, what the lesson of that story is. And I think the best thing to remember is, like I said before, like with guys, you'll meet the right people when the time is right. Whether it's bad people or good people, they're supposed to be in your life for the duration that they are because that's it. They're either supposed to be mean to you to teach you a lesson or they're supposed to be good to you to make you a better person. And instead of sitting there and thinking about what if, it's better to just, you know, acknowledge your experiences and grow from that. So the next set of questions is very much focused around like, you know, self-reflection and personal beliefs and stuff like that. So what advice do you have for younger students on how to speak up if they see an injustice or feel like something needs to be changed or addressed? A lot of young students usually struggle with this. Um, for me, I, I would say it depends on the situation. If it's something involving sexual harassment, the first thing you have to do is to speak to the victim um, because you don't have a right to speak for someone on their behalf if they didn't give you the right to do that, you know, especially when it comes to someone taking control of their body, they have the right to decide who's going to speak for their body and what's been done to them. If you see, especially with all this um, racial inequality and stuff like that going around, if you see someone that is being insensitive to a different culture or race, and if it's, let's say it's mainly focused on language. If someone's saying something that's racist or something that's very insensitive, you can bring it up, uh, whether it's in the moment or it can be later on. You can text them and be like, hey, you kind of said this before. I just want to like correct that. Like my sister did that recently. Um, she's working as a crisis volunteer. So she'll be on a hotline and kind of talk to people that are going through really hard times. And I remember I used to always say that individuals will commit suicide and she told me that that's actually wrong because if you add the word commit to it, it makes it seem like a crime. And if you're talking to someone with those views and with those kind of thoughts in their head, they might see that what they think is wrong and they might not reach for help. So the best thing to do is just say, you know, they're, they, they're thinking about ending their life or stuff like that, because it takes away that kind of criminal feeling towards it. And that's the one thing you need to make sure, like, if it comes with language, it's very easy to correct, you know, just being like, hey, just talk to them or text them later on, whatever makes you feel like the situation is handled best. If someone's actively doing something, you need to make sure that it's done in a proper way. Some people don't respond really well to it in the immediate situation. They might start, you know, being mean to you aggressively or verbally or physically or verbally, but you really need to get an understanding of what the situation is and then handle that. But you should never feel scared to talk to someone. If you're thinking about it, definitely ask someone you're close to, like a family member or something. Be like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, talking to someone about this conversation. Do you think this is the healthiest way to go, to go about doing that? Having another perspective might help you feel a lot more safer and stronger to go to that person and call them out, you know? 
I agree with that. I think you covered basically every part of that <laughs> question. Um, so the next question is, how do you move on from the past, accepting your old self and accepting the new version of you? So for me, um, this isn't really applicable to a lot of different people, but the way I accept my new version of myself is I'll look back, specifically I'll listen to music and I'll think about who I was at that time and who my friends were and you know how I felt about myself and kind of celebrate the changes that I've made and how much more positive I've become. So that's kind of what I do. Um, moving on from the past, I think the best thing to do is accept that sometimes you'll never get closure. And just feeling like even without that closure, you can become who you want to be, who you aspire to be. Yeah, I think this question ties in really well with the next question, which is the last one. So I'm going to answer them together. So I'll read out the next question first. So the next question is, how different do you feel about your life decisions and choices now as opposed to maybe a couple years back? Did you change the way you approach certain things or have a different outlook on life? So the reason I thought these two questions related was because, you know, it's about self-reflecting and accepting the old version of yourself and how those changes have been put in place today and how different you might be. And Looking back on my past self, there's definitely decisions I regret. I'm sure, Yashi, you have. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you guys listening to, you guys have made decisions that you regret too. But more than my decisions directly, I think I regret the mentality I had. Obviously, I was young, and I'm happy to be where I am today mentally, but it's only because I put in that work and I acknowledged that I regretted certain decisions I made because of that mentality I had and it's okay to have regrets because I still I still regret things I did like a few weeks ago (laughs) looking back I'm like why did I do that you know sometimes I regret things maybe I did something yesterday that I regret but acknowledging that you have these regrets only shows growth. I think that's the most important thing is that if you have regrets, that means you're you're reflecting and you're growing, which is it totally outweighs those normalized change, boy. Exactly, normalized change. I think that's a central theme of pretty much every single one of our episodes. It's to normalize change. And I think for the people that don't regret at least some things in their life, I don't think they've completely self-reflected or grown properly. Here's the thing. I think regretting is like putting like a very negative connotation on it because it's like when people say regret, it's like they're not proud of it. I think there's a difference in regret or in the people, the way people view the word regret. Some people see regret as to, oh, I did something I shouldn't have and just kind of like understand what was wrong in that situation and grow from that other people think of it as decisions that they've made that are the worst things they could have ever done and then critique their personal character because of it and I think the latter is a little bit is a little bit risky because you then see yourself in a you you then critique yourself to the point where you're very unsatisfied with the person you are you know? Yeah, just acknowledge that there's a spectrum 
of the word regret, it can be something very small to, I wish I ate breakfast today. I wish I ate breakfast today. I had a math exam. I didn't even eat. I would, I regret that. But there's also bigger things. Like maybe I regret being friends with somebody, you know, they didn't treat me well. So just acknowledge that there is a spectrum of the, the weight word. of your, yeah, there's a spectrum of the word. There's a spectrum of the weight of your decisions and how much you can regret a certain decision. So sometimes it's just not that deep. And sometimes maybe something that affected you a lot more is that deep. So keep that in mind when you're self-reflecting too. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to look back, like let's say if it's about colleges, right? If you're choosing between college A and college B, you picked college A and you know, your first semester wasn't as good as it was. And then you're like, I regret it. I wish I picked college B. And then you start seeing yourself as like very dumb for like not picking college B. And then you start critiquing who you are now. The person that you were when committing to college is very different from the person that you are after having your first semester at college A. And keep in mind, that's very true. Keep in mind sometimes like Right now, it looks really bad, but give it, a, give it a little bit. Sometimes things work out in the end. You just need to, like, let things run its course, you know? Okay, so those are all the questions that you guys submitted to us. So thank you so much for those of you that filled out the form or DM'd us and messaged us with your questions or whether you were asking for advice, too. We're so glad you did that, and I hope you guys were able to learn something from this. Yeah, and if you want us to keep answering questions like these just you can dm us um you can email us and both of them are in our instagram at from Yashi. you can see our email and our instagram ask us whatever you want and maybe we'll do another q a episode yeah and everything is 100 percent anonymous if you like to keep it that way we will keep it to ourselves it doesn't go outside of the two of us and one last thing i wanted to mention too is if you have these types of questions any type of question. I know for me, one of the best places to read what other people have to say is Reddit. I go to Reddit for everything. Even if you want to self-reflect, like there's so many, I think one of the biggest mistakes is that people always think they're the smartest in the room. But once you go on Reddit, you'll notice that everybody has something to contribute. So definitely Go on Reddit if you have the chance. You don't have to. It's just a suggestion. Well, We're not sponsored. Like Reddit, like <laughs> fan. Like I feel like Reddit should pay her for the amount of like Reddit links that she's read and like threads she's read. Like, bro, yeah, really I said all my friends Reddit pages in the middle of the night. I think like every three days I'll get a text where it's like, I read this on Reddit. Tell me what you think, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, but tell me and tell me not. Were they good? No, they're great. They're great. They're I just great, think, right? I just think it's funny that you spend your whole life reading Reddit. I just really love Reddit. I think there's so much you can learn on there, and it's a good place. I think not enough people use it. So, yeah, just check it okay, out. Okay, micro-influencer over here. <laughs> use my code to get the premium Reddit Use my account. code, Jungie1738, to get <laughs> 40% off your Reddit Reddit is free, guys. I'm kidding. Reddit is free. Just go read Reddit. Go look up literally anything. Okay. So our next episode is going to be an episode dedicated to the LGBTQ plus community, their allies, and to the people that we want to educate more. Anyone that's listening that is part of the LGBTQ plus community, me and Jwala are both cisgendered and heterosexual. So 
we personally haven't experienced a lot of the things you guys have. So if you are comfortable, reach out to us, tell us your stories. We really want to give you this episode to kind of speak about what's, you know, what, what you guys find really important and what you would want allies and people to understand. Yeah, and we have some exciting collaborations coming up. I just wanted to put that out there. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, learned something from it. Don't forget to go on Reddit, guys. <laughs> and Bye. don't be friends with toxic homeless people. Yeah, don't, go on Reddit. Don't be friends with toxic homeless people. And we know nothing about guys. Yep. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Love you.